Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, we're going to start off by taking a quick look back at the race that was, which was Michigan. And the winner there, we'll talk about what went down on the track, how we did with our bets, the whole nine yards, recapping everything in that race. Then we'll move ahead to this coming weekend, and it's the second time we're going to be going to Richmond Raceway. So we'll talk about the stats for that track, talk about our data set, and then start making some picks and the reasons behind those picks. We'll get into some winners, then we'll get into some finishing position bets as well. And then to cap things off, we've got a, a guest, not previously planned, but kind of a spur of the moment thing in a way. We're going to be talking to Mark at Skybox NASCAR. We know him from the NASCAR betting preview show, just like our guest last week, Rory. We're hitting uh, all the guys on that show, I guess, right now. So we're going to be talking with Mark about how his summer's going because it's been uh, pretty hot for him. And we'll get into a face-off as well. So a lot of great stuff here coming up on this episode. And we'll start by taking a look back at Michigan. And it turned out at Michigan to be kind of as expected, right? It was a little tough to handicap. We said that this was a tough race to kind of nail down because of the low tire wear, you know, the track comps not really being 100%, everyone kind of using their own model, their own tracks that they like to kind of um, use something to kind of pull from. And what turned out to be track history really kind of came through for anyone who banked on that because with the strategy of the race and some other things that happened, Kevin Harvick is your winner. He saves his season. Yes, huge all around for Kevin Harvick. So it was big for the gamblers. Uh, he was plus 2,500 when we recorded the episode. We called him out for a top 10 at plus 120. Um, I actually ended up getting him on race day or the day before at plus 1,900 on MGM. Uh, I don't know what he was going off at on DraftKings, but uh, I digress. Big hit, nonetheless, for anyone who took Kevin Harvick this weekend because, you know, the history told us so. Now, it's big for Harvick, obviously, because now he's in the playoffs. He was the guy that everyone was looking at to say, oh, he's the first guy out. And now he's in the playoffs, which is astronomical because that changes so many things. It creates so many storylines. And now Kevin Harvick, who has not had a bad season, actually has a chance here to do some damage the rest of the way. So it'll be very interesting to see where his season ends, but it does not and after Daytona, we know that. Um, that puts some other guys on the bubble, and we will talk about them later on. So uh, another big thing, anyone that's tailing our Stuart Haas racing <laughs> season win bet, that's right, 
two and a half is the over, which what we have, and now we sit at two. So if any one of those guys strikes gold from here on out, 13 races to do it, it'll probably be Harvick, Harvick if it's anybody, excuse me. And uh, so that bet was looking like it was dead in the water, now very much alive there if uh, one of those four drivers at Stuart Haas can get it done. So some other storylines from that race, Hamlin seemed to have the best car. I mean, you know, he, he was a guy who I think a lot of people had in some way, shape or form, whether it was an outright before the race started, whether it was uh, a live bet, but um, obviously, you know, he got uh, put back there and, and he tried to fight for it, but you know, it was all for naught there at the end with Hamlin. We're going to talk about him later as well. Um, still a, a decent showing from that 11 team. There were 10 leaders in the race, six of which had more than 20 laps led. So like I said, it kind of ended up being more of a, a strategy race. Um, good race to watch, I thought. I mean, if you're looking at the Jeff Gluck poll as a, as a temperature check, second out of all races in 2022, according to his Was It A Good Race poll, 90.7% of the people said it was. So uh, pretty interesting there. I mean, it was, you know, it had a lot of different factors to it. So um, I guess that's why it got such a high rating there. Now in our full tank face-off against our guy, Rory Picks, I actually came out victorious 3-0. I got the sweep there and... Uh, you know, feeling pretty good to bounce back after a, a rare loss to Rye Cape. I said to Rory on uh, Twitter, I said, you're walking into a snake's pit. You didn't even know it. So um, great, you know, time with Rory last week, and I'm happy to be come out 3-0 and in that matchup. Now, speaking of uh, Rory picks, he was on, and we talked about the toolhangers.com bet of the week, and he chose Suarez at plus 350 to get a top five, which was a very fun time on Sunday because Suarez had a decent car. I mean, he led 33 laps in that race. It was a very dangerous pick. Uh, it was looking pretty good at certain parts of that race, but um, that one ended up kind of falling apart at the end with their race. Uh, he and Chastain both showed signs of strength throughout, but um, ended up way back at the end. Just didn't work out the way that they probably would have liked. So it was a fun bet, though, and it was fun to follow, but just didn't fall. The chips didn't fall the right way for the 99 in a top five. So um, all in all, I think the only bet that we hit, if you didn't ride with the head-to-head uh, -head matchups, you know, I always take the... The three bets in a face-off, I always take my three bets. So I went 3-0 there, but um, sometimes they change them. So later in the week, um, if you're tailing those, they're not available anymore. But um, I got lucky enough to have those. The only other bet that I hit, though, was the Harvick top 10. And uh, like I said, personally, I had him to win for not a huge amount, but it was still a decent hit. But on the pod, it was just that top 10. The outrights obviously didn't hit. And we took a couple long shots for some top 10s. Uh, in addition to Harvick, that um, did not pay out. Got kind of uh, wiped out a little earlier. So, all in all, decent race to watch and uh, had a little fun with the face-off. So, now we're going to move to Richmond. And this is, I'm finding myself saying this is an exciting race. And that's pretty rare because I don't particularly think that Richmond is that fun of a race Um each year, but this is exciting for the simple fact that this is the first time this season, with the exception of Atlanta, which is kind of thrown out because it's a super speedway now, we get to see a track 
twice. We get to see Richmond in the next-gen car for the second time. So these guys are going to have the opportunity to go back, look at their notes, see what they learned, and now act on it. And I think that's going to come in handy with a couple different guys. Um, we're going to talk about at least one guy who that's going to matter for. So the whole field, right? Even if you didn't bet on this race, um, this is something that, you know, is going to be really interesting to watch because the race was not spectacular last time they were here. I mean, um, it was kind of a, a dud. Six lowest on Jeff Gluck's poll, if we're going to use that um, as the barometer here. But um, it's going to be very important. It'll be see how these playoff contenders, the guys who are already locked in, are going to adjust because we're going to see more tracks in the playoffs that they've already seen once before. So it's going to say, okay, what teams are able to look at the notes, go back, make changes, and act on those changes. Um, and it's going to be a, a big-time deal. So let's see who has it going on. It's going to be prep time heading in to the playoffs. This is an opportunity to really gear yourself up. Now, revisiting that race... If you remember, Hamlin came out victorious, and he was not really a factor for most of the race. He ended up coming out of nowhere in the end, hunting down Byron and Truex, and getting that victory. So that was a pretty interesting ending, even though the, the full race wasn't all that entertaining. That was a pretty entertaining last 20 laps or so, because if you remember, Truex looks like he was hunting down Byron, and then they both kind of stalled a little bit, and then all of a sudden, here comes Hamlin, and then Harvick right behind him. So, uh, very interesting way that that race played out. So, let's take a look at the track stats for Richmond before we get any further. We've got 131 races all time to kind of look at as data points here, and the winner has started on the pole 24 times, but the last time it's happened was 2016 with Denny Hamlin. So, a little bit further back uh, then we've seen kind of recently top five, the winner started there 56% of the time and top 10, 77% of the time. That's pretty standard for what we're used to seeing at most tracks on the NASCAR circuit. Now, starting outside the top 20, it's only happened 12 times in 131 races. So pretty rare. But the funny thing about that is it happened last year at this race in 2021 when Alex Bowman got the win from starting outside the top 20. I think he started 23rd, if my memory is correct. Now, looking at manufacturer trends, Toyota is the one. We're coming off of a track that had seven straight with Ford. Well, now we're going to more of a Toyota track. Uh, six of the last 10 races were won by Toyota, including the last two. Ford and Chevy, within the last 10 races, have two races apiece. So if you're looking for a manufacturer trend or pattern, it definitely sways more towards Toyota than the other two. So the different data sets that I'm looking at this week, trying to help handicap, trying to call out some picks, three things that really stand out to me. One, I'm looking at the last 10 races at Richmond because two races a year, that only brings us back to like the 2018 timeframe. Um, so it's not too far back. Some of these younger guys do have a, a decent chunk of um, stats within that timeframe. So 10 races at Richmond. We've got four short flat tracks in 2022 that we can look for. All right, that's Richmond, we were already here, Phoenix, Gateway we're throwing in there, and New Hampshire as well. So that's pretty uh, decent sample size. We're going to be looking at green flag speed, you know, average finish in that time frame, these four races. You know, anything we can pull from from 2022 because of the next-gen car. And then, obviously, the spring race. I mean, you got to be able to refer to the, the track that we were already at. So it'll be worth um, calling that out in certain ways. So I'm not even going to get into the odds 
because I'm calling out a couple of the favorites here. I'm, it's a very chalky race, in my opinion. So I'm going to call out the first guy that I really like, and it's Martin Truex Jr. plus 600. He opened at plus 650. He's already down. This is Tuesday when I'm recording this. He's already down to plus 600. He's even lower at certain books. You could try to shop around. You're not going to find him for anything better than plus 600 at this moment. And before the odds came out, I was really crossing my fingers because I was digging into some of the stats on Sunday night after the race at Michigan and just kind of getting my feet wet, trying to get certain leans and Truex jumped off the page to me. I mean, he was somebody that I was like, yes, I need this guy in my bet slip this week. I really hope his odds aren't too short. And of course, uh, he's listed as the favorite when the odds drop. So, you know, still going to take it though. The the odds weren't so short that I was afraid of him. And it's funny because this year, I mean, he hasn't shown dominance at all this season. So it was kind of surprising in a way to me that they would make him the favorite, but clearly they are looking at, you know, a lot of the track history. I mean, he's the favorite for really good reason. So let's get into why he'd be the favorite and why we want to take him at plus 600. In the last 10 races, he's got three wins, seven top fives, eight top tens. I mean, that right there, that just tells you the guy knows how to get around this racetrack. Average finish is 6.1. That's second, okay, as far as average finish is concerned in those 10 races. And his driver rating, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. He leads NASCAR in the driver rating stat in the last 10 races at Richmond, 123.1. That is an absolute monster number. Second place in that category is 107. So, I mean, obviously those three wins help that, but still just out of this world number right there by Martin Truex Jr. So that's the history side of things, right? Because you look at the history at this racetrack and say, well, damn, he is somebody who knows what he's doing. But well, Phil, what about this season, right? I mean, he hasn't been Martin Truex of the past. We've talked about him a bunch in the outright section on this podcast, and he has not come through for us. So why this year? Well, this season, it's actually kind of surprising, but his numbers aren't too shabby. He's first in green flag speed at these similar tracks, these short, flat tracks, the four of them that we called out. He's first in green flag speed and first in driver rating at these tracks. His average finish is lower, 12.3 at seventh on the circuit, but still driver rating is a big stat that we really love because it tells more of a full story. He clearly didn't get the finishes that he might have deserved. So in the spring, I mean, this is a good example of that, right? He was super strong in the spring race and then kind of faded at the very end. Um, that long run at the end there, he ended up finishing fourth. But he was, you know, Byron was out front. He was threatening to catch Byron. And then at the very end, he goes and, and gets caught, ends up finishing fourth. But still a very strong showing from Truex. He won stage two in that race. I think that you know, this is a, a race that they have circled in their calendar at least since the first Richmond race. And the reason why you would have it is because right now he's on the outside looking in. He's the guy. He's the new Kevin Harvick. And my prediction right now is that he's going to go out and he's going to win this race. All right. And then that's going to put Ryan Blaney on the bubble. Chase Elliott's going to win next week at the road course in Watkins Glen. And then Ryan Blaney back against the wall. He's going to win at Daytona. And then it's going to be one of these other guys who are a current winner. So there'd be 17 winners at that point. Um, that's going to get it done. I know that's a long shot. I wish I could parlay something like that. It'd be absolutely insane um, if that all were to come to fruition. 
But that's what I think has a really good chance of happening because we're, we're talking about guys who are at their strongest. Truex, strongest at this type of racetrack, or at least this track has great history. Then you're going to Watkins Glen. We're going to talk about it next week, but Chase is my guy there. Got to hope the odds aren't too short. And then Blaney at Daytona. I mean, he's really taken over as a super speedway guy. So that's going to create pure chaos. The storylines are there. Everything is falling into place for NASCAR to just have like a monster storyline for the rest of this regular season and going into the playoffs. So plus 600, Martin Truex Jr., lock me down. That's what I want to kick off this episode. Now, I'm going to go to the co-favorite. And you guys know I love, or excuse me, I hate taking favorites. It actually kind of makes me cringe. But this racetrack is just too chalky for me to avoid it. You know what I mean? It's the the rich get richer when we come to these racetracks. It's kind of rare to see someone coming out of left field and getting it done. Uh, So Denny Hamlin plus 600, you know, shop around you might be able to find him at a better number but i have not been able to find him and we took him in the spring race and he got it done for us so a little sweet spot there in my mind when we're talking about denny hamlin at this track it's his history plus momentum in his last 10 races one win eight top fives eight top tens i mean that's just an unreal top five stat there i mean if he's in the race if he's in it he's going to be top five no reason to try to mess around with a top 10 bet. Just go ahead and take top five. But he and Truex, minus 120 to finish top five. That's an absurd number. I wouldn't want that. But the point being, he's going to be in the race. So if there is a late restart, if it's not like last year, which just goes green for a really long time, you know, he'll be up there with a chance to do it. His average finish out of everyone is first. It's 5.2. And his driver rating is fifth, 106.4. And it just seems like there's something about this track that brings him together. I I guess this is a home track for him. He's a Virginia guy, but just looking at last race, for example, his average running position was eighth in that race. And then the, the race goes on. He's not really a factor. And all of a sudden he comes on strong the last run of the race and he goes and, and gets it done. They make the adjustments that are needed and he hunts those guys down. And, you know, it even goes against the speed metrics for 2022. He is not great as far as green flag speed is concerned. His average finish, not great. You know, average finish is 13.5 at these four comp tracks, but he got a dub at Richmond. His green flag speed at Richmond was like 13th or something like that. Not great compared to everyone else. His driver rating in those four tracks, 10th. Last week, though, he showed something to me. I mean, he is picking it up. He probably should have won that race. And my thought process is, you know, we're getting into football season right now. I'm a Philly fan, the Eagles fan. When they won that Super Bowl, their slogan was, hungry dogs run faster. Well, hungry drivers going to drive faster. I'm seeing that out of Hamlin right now. He's starting to put it together. We know he's got championship caliber, trying to get to that championship four, hungry for that title. So what we saw last week at Michigan, I think, is only going to fuel that flame. So plus 600, decent bet, in my opinion, for Denny Hamlin. I don't want to be missing out on him if he were to go get it done. So if it's not going to be one of those two guys, if it's not going to be the favorite, who's somebody out there, you know, we'll take maybe a longer bet. There are some guys in between that um, you could probably make a case for, but since I'm taking some of the chalky picks, I'll go a little bit further out. I'm going plus 1,500 for this. There's actually two guys right now plus 1,500 that I'm taking. I'll talk about one later when we talk to Mark, but uh, right now I'm going to call out Joey Logano. Spring race, he finished one lap down. 
and he is bouncing back slowly throughout the season because we've got really great odds here. So if you're looking just at that race, you're saying, well, damn, like Logano, he's just out to lunch this year, not really going to do it. Um, why would I take Logano if he finished a lap down? Well, plus 1,500, the odds right there are just too good for me to pass up. He started, I think, plus 1,800. So people are starting to figure it out. And I think, you know, looking at spring, maybe the sports books are just looking at that and not really looking at the history for Logano. But let's take advantage of it because in his last 10 races at Richmond, he has one win, seven top fives, and seven top tens. That's damn good. And his average finish is third. So we're taking one, two, and three picks here for average finish at this racetrack. 6.2 is driver rating, sixth. Now, side note on driver rating. This is why I keep saying it's more of a chalky track. The driver rating stat in the last 10 races at Richmond, there's a huge cliff that falls off after about the top six or seven guys, it absolutely plummets. So what that tells you is those guys that just have this track figured out, they're going to perform and they're going to perform well. Whereas, you know, the other guys they've had, they've showed some speed throughout. So, you know, the top seven guys are all hundred or above in driver rating. And then you look at the 10th place guy, it's 82.4. So that shows you the huge drop off, huge, um, big jump there. So you want to be part of that group that really knows what they're doing. That's just a side note on that stat. So that's the history side of it. But then look at 2022. It's green flag speed at these four tracks, third out of everyone. Average finish in those four tracks is eighth, 12.5. Now, the problem with Joey Logano at these four tracks this season is that he is the worst when it comes to the last 10% of the race and then getting finishes. So this is a stat that I really like to call out when there's a big issue with it or there's a big check mark in it. And with Logano, there has been an issue in this stat. So let's talk about it because in those four races, his average running position in the last 10% of the race, when that 10% left mark happens in the race, his average running position is 4.8. That is best in NASCAR. Then his average finish is 12.5. That drop off is a minus seven point something drop off. And that's the worst in NASCAR. So you're talking about someone who has the best average running position late in the race and can't get it done. This is where I'm saying we're going here for a second time. Let's look at the notes. Let's see what's going on. We know that Logano's good here. We know that this team is good here. I think that if they can address this issue and figure it out, make the adjustments necessary, we could see the 22 car in victory lane this Sunday. That's all I'm saying. So if you want a bit of a longer shot, let's go out. Let's put that bet in now. They've got the data on this track now. We can see some adjustments. I really have my eye on the 22. Even if I wasn't betting on them, they would be somebody who I'm looking at, you know, because of everything we talked about in the intro, about learning from your mistakes, learning from the tracks previously, getting ready for the playoffs, et cetera. The 22 is a perfect use case um, this weekend. So lock me in for the 22 plus 1,500 for my longer shot. Now stay tuned for later when we talk about another Ford going off at that same number um, because he's not the only guy like that number for the win. So um, it's Truex plus 600, Hamlin plus 600, and Logano plus 15. Let's go. Can I do again? Yeah. Can you sound my baseball? Sure.
There. Wow. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Wow. That's good advice. All right, so next we're going to get into some quick hitters here for the finishing position bets. And we're going to go for some longer shots and some top tens. Now, one of which I really like. So we'll start with that person right now, and it's Austin Dillon. He's plus 150. And I think that you'll be able to get him at a better number, maybe on um, Barstool. Those numbers are not out yet, but I would expect him to be up around the plus 200 mark on Barstool. And then if he doesn't really have a great qualifying, can even get him at a better number. But looking at the reason why I like Dylan for a top 10 this weekend, in his last 10 races, his average finish is 12.5 at Richmond. That's good enough for 10th in NASCAR. So that's all we're trying to get from him is a top 10. Now, speaking of top 10s, this is the stat that really stands out to me about Austin Dillon here because he has 16 career starts at Richmond, five top fives in his career. But those top fives have all come in the last seven starts. He's five for seven to finish in the top 10 in those last seven races, one of which was an 11th place finish. So Austin Dillon, you know, he's he's very strange because at some of these short flat tracks, like Phoenix, for example, he's absolutely dismal. Like I, I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. But at Richmond, he's really shown speed. So that to me is, you know, very intriguing. 50% hit rate if you're talking about the last 10 races. Even better if you zero in on the last seven, and one of which was just missing at 11. So that would have been a fun race to look for. He showed Moxie last week. I feel like he finished 13th at Michigan. We called him out as a top 10 pick, and you know he, he kind of just missed there. He was up and down, but showed some grit in my opinion. He's getting some momentum geared up for Daytona. Um, so you know Daytona is clearly the race that they have on their calendar. Is like, hey, this is the one we could win. But I think they're looking for a good momentum shifter. They're not going to do anything next week at Watkins Glen. So let's go out. Let's score a good finish and get ready for our one last-ditch effort at Daytona. Plus, their paint scheme is absolutely sick. Both the three and the eight have sick paint schemes this week. So uh, if you like that kind of stuff, lock it in. So it's Austin Dillon for a top 10, plus 150 right now. But you'll be able to find him at a decent number elsewhere throughout the week. Now, the next guy that I'm going to call out here for a top 10 is the same number, but I feel like this is uh, strange. This is strange or much different all around than the Austin Dillon pick because, A, this guy is locked into the playoffs already, which is kind of surprising when you look at it, and, B, he does not have any top 10s at Richmond. This is Chase Briscoe. He's going off again at plus 150, but I would expect that this number shifts where you can get him um, at a different number, just like we said with Dylan. Um, like Barstool, when they drop their odds, that's what I'm waiting for. So this is, in my opinion, a super long shot because he has never done it before. But he finished 11th in the spring. One Phoenix. So that's a pretty good comp track to have that. And at the four tracks that is uh, comparable to this one, he's led many laps three of the four times. So that right there is like, okay, you know, he, he has an ability to get up front. His average finish in these four races this year is 12.8. At Richmond, he has improved. He's been there three times in his Cup Series career. He has improved each time that he's been there. So that culminates with an 11th place finish, like we said, this season. So he's getting better, learning. Like we said, that's kind of the theme of the week, right? Who can learn and get better finishes the other thing, the other intangible, the thing that's 
kind of hovering out there, but it's not a reality yet, but it could be. If that scenario were to play out that I laid out there earlier, where you have Truex win this weekend, Blaney wins Daytona. Now you're going to have somebody that's on the bubble that has already won a race. These guys would be on that bubble. Austin Sindrick would be on that bubble. I think that they are smart enough to kind of read the room and maybe just go for a good points race. Keep it clean, get some good points, and that to me would result in a top 10 if they can go ahead and do that. Because they clearly have shown that they're not terrible on this type of track. Like I said, he won Phoenix 11th this year. Let's learn from it. What do we learn? Keep it clean. Points race. That's going to cash a top 10 for Chase Briscoe. So lock me in there for Briscoe at whatever number you can get him at, um, as long as it's plus money. Now, looking to some of the other bets here, I like a couple props that we're going to throw out here. One is the new winner bet. DraftKings has in their weekly specials, will there be a new winner plus 170 for a yes? And really, that's digging into Martin Truex Jr. So if it's not him, it could be a couple other guys. Ryan Blaney comes to mind. Now, Blaney has been absolutely dismal at Richmond in his career, but this season, he did show some decent speed. And at these four tracks, Blaney's name is is all over the place when you're looking at these um, numbers here. So uh, I don't hate that bet. I mean, if you think Truex is going to win, then you might as well throw a little something on this plus 170, and then you get a couple other drivers who are you know, in the mix. But it's really either going to be Blaney or, or Truex. Maybe Dylan. I mean, who knows? If this turns out to be a strategy, they play it right. Dylan could shock the world because, like I said, this track does not uh, – he doesn't seem to be scared of it. So that's a prop that you know stood out to me as like a fun one. I like how they're kind of using the season – as a way to craft the bets, I think that shows that they care, shows that they're watching. So uh, I like that bet. Now, the last prop that I'll throw out here right now is Toyota's to finish 1-2 at plus 200. This bet, I love the 1-2 the finish bet. I've placed one every single time that they've had that option. And JGR is just so good here. I mean, all four of the JGR drivers are in the top five in average finish stat at Richmond in the last 10 races. That is unbelievable. They're all in the top seven when it comes to drive rating. So, you know, I don't think we're going to see much from Bubba and Kurt slash Ty, whoever's in that 45 car. Um, I don't think 2311 is really going to be a factor here, but the Gibbs cars, I think, could easily finish 1-2. Um, we saw Hamlin hunt down Byron and Truex. If Truex was able to just hold on, it would have been a 1-2 finish there. So, uh I think that it's very possible, and at plus 200, that's a bet to really have some fun with. So those are the ideas there that I had for the props. Now, you might be wondering, where's your toolhangers.com bet of the week? Well, I am actually going to be calling it out. I have not recorded yet with Skybox uh, Mark, as uh, we know him now, but uh, I will be dropping that on him if I can get it as a head-to-head matchup. So there's a driver I have in mind that I want in a bunch of different ways, and I'm going to throw the toolhangers.com better the week out in my conversation with Mark. So stay tuned for that. So it's Dylan, top 10, Briscoe, top 10, Toyota's finished one, two, and if you can get it on your sports book, the new winner bet at plus 170. So lock me in for those bets, and let's see what happens. (laughs) 
And now we are very happy to bring on to the podcast a guest who has been on before. It's Mark, a.k.a. Skybox NASCAR, a, a fan favorite out there on Twitter. You can find him in the NASCAR betting preview show with me every Wednesday night. That's Derek Yoder's show at Picks by Blaze. And uh, he's on there with me and Rory Picks, who was our guest last week. Um, so very happy to have Mark join me to do a little full tank face-off, talk about the season so far, because it's been going pretty well for him. So without further ado, let's welcome on Mark. So now I am very happy to welcome back on to the podcast for uh, a second appearance, recurring guest, as they say. We've got Mark, you know him, at Skybox NASCAR. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for the time tonight. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. Richmond is a is a fun track to bet, and um, I'm starting to get into this whole podcast game, so um you know, second time around, hopefully it's a little better than the first, and each time we get better. But uh, love talking NASCAR on a Tuesday. What's better? <laughs> yeah, Eddie, anytime you get a chance, I, you know, got to take advantage of it. And and I appreciate you. Um, you know, this was kind of a makeshift thing. We were connecting about something else, and I kind of bugged you to just say, hey, you mind sticking around um, to, to record with me? I don't have anybody on this week, and you were nice enough to do that. So I really appreciate you. Um, spending the time tonight, I won't keep you all night. Um, but how could I not ask you to join? Because you have been over this summer one of the like most hottest betters in the NASCAR game right now. I mean, am I wrong about that? You have just been red hot. Well, I yeah. First of all, I want to say that I promise I won't be on here for three hours like Roy, but. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, like I just feel like, you know, at the beginning of the season, um, I made a lot of my money and my winning bets in the Xfinity and Truck Series. And it, obviously, we had no idea what to expect with Next Gen. Who would have thought that Ross Chastain would be this hot? Um, you know, Suarez, Trackhouse in general, Reddick, um, you know, Larson not winning a lot. You know, Harvick, 65 races in, finally broke the streak. We just really didn't know what to expect at the beginning of the season. And then when the summer months kind of came around, we, we really got to see the equipment differences. Um, obviously, we've seen all the different winners this year. So I hit Ross at Talladega, hit Ross at Coda. Um, and, and there's been a few long shots that I've been able to, to – I hit Reddick at, at Road America. Um, and so that has obviously helped. I think Ross at Dega was like 33-1. to 1. I think I got him – I got him post-qualifying at Coda at like 20-1 to 1, and then – got Reddick at 25 to one, but obviously the outrights um, are, are, you know, big time payoff, little risk, high reward. And I've talked about this in the past. I, I actually find my bread and butter in matchups and I always cover my outright bets and my props with my matchups and how much money I put on them. And um, recently uh, the outrights have been hitting. And so I think obviously, you know, I've had some races where, the matchups have swept and they've or they've profited on their own and then plus an outright which is just a monster day and then i've had you know other other days where matchups could go one for four but i hit an outright and squeak out a you know a five or six or seven u profit so i i gotta be honest a, a little bit of its luck maybe a lot of it um i do i do have started this season putting a lot more of my time into researching this and watching races and 
practice and qualifying and um, my Twitter is such a valuable asset with all the different guys that post, you know, average lap times on comp tracks and drivers fast early in a run, drivers fast late in a run. All of those things I look at and I also look at the books and just have a first instinct on a matchup or a bet. And then I kind of I try to go and, and back it up with numbers. Now, if anyone listens to Derek's show on Wednesday, sometimes I like to throw numbers out the window and that makes it a lot more fun for me. And surprisingly, a lot of the, a lot of the bets have hit and I, there's no merit to it. So I guess that's your luck part. Um, but I, I just, you know, Pocono, I had I won over 30 units over the three races and then. Last weekend at Michigan, I lost over 20 units. Um, and so that was the first back-to-back race, uh, Xfinity and, and Cup, that I've that I've lost uh, that much in a, in a long while. But I knew it was coming. You know, it, everyone, every better has their cold streaks, their hot streaks. It's just, it's just a product, a byproduct of betting on sports. Um, and Michigan really was a, was a big reminder um, that even if you're on the right side of a bet, uh, a caution and a wreck uh, can take it out real quick. Uh, having Christopher Bell last week over William Byron, Bell had him covered all day, you know, first or second fastest car, um, and obviously gets caught, you know, trying to block Ross there. So what are you going to do about it? But, um, yeah, kind of lucky. Uh, a lot of time and effort put into it, a lot of researching. Um, but I just love doing this. It's so much fun to me. You know, you you, you don't gamble money that you don't have. And uh, I'm a big believer in that. And I, I think that's the only, I know I'm rambling now, but I think that's the only way um, that you can bring gambling into NASCAR and into a sport. You have to do it responsibly and you have to market it responsibly. But anyway, long spiel, super stoked to talk Richmond. Um, the last few months have been super fun. Um, you just got to keep nose to the grindstone, keep it rolling. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can't, we can't uh, understate how just like on fire you've been. I mean, it's just great for, you know, your brand, anyone that's following you on Twitter, anyone that's following like Skybox Sports, you know, you're, you're bringing so much uh, value to that platform and uh, it's just great to see. And, and just to tell a quick story, like you're not just on fire, like in the cup series, like you mentioned, you know, you were doing pretty well with, Xfinity and trucks earlier in the season, but when you've been on this run, like you're hitting everything. It felt like there were. So when I was on vacation, I was literally driving back from New York to, uh, to back home. And, you know, it was a a Saturday, the day of an Xfinity race. And I did not put any bets in, had to pack, you know, just dealing with all the bullshit. And uh, we pulled over because somebody had to pee and I fired up my phone real quick, saw the messages from you. I think it was AJ that you were on that day. And I was like, fine, done. AJ, that's what Mark said, done. Put the bet in, drove home, didn't even like think about the race. I get home and, and sure enough, like you went. So it was just one of those things where like you were just so on fire. Like I didn't even have to think about it. I was just like, yep, that's what he said. It's done. Uh, and it hit. So hitting on all cylinders, um, that is for sure. And, and, you know, the thing you say about like, you know, not betting money you don't have. Totally agree. I mean, you know, I'm I'm doing this to to have fun watching the race. You know, make my um, enjoyment level of NASCAR you know higher. And uh, I think we're we're on the same page with that. So it's kind of 
great to find like-minded people out there with that. So yeah. I want to, I want to touch on that real quick. Um, you know, I've, I've always been a NASCAR fan and I feel like we're, we're on the same page about what I'm about to talk about, but I've always been a fan. I've always had a favorite driver. Me and you loved Casey Kane growing up. Oh yeah. Um, moved on to Matt to Benedetto. Um, you know, love him or hate him. I love him. Sorry if you hate him, uh, <laughs> but, but I just, you know, he, when he went down to the truck series, obviously I'm still a fan of him. I still watch every truck race and I'm still a, a big fan and I love Noah Gragson. I love his personality. I think he's a great driver. Um, when he gets to the cup series, he's, he's definitely gonna be my next guy. But my point is, um, when at the beginning of this year, when Matt wasn't racing and I didn't really have a favorite driver gambling, like took my fandom to a whole new level, my enjoyment of the race and the anticipation of the race and all three races, truck Xfinity and cup. And it's allowed me to still have the same enthusiasm every race while like have, being a fan of the guys I bet on, right? Like those are the guys that, I'm a fan of that day. And that's super fun to me. Um, I like listening to different drivers radio uh, that I bet on like Al Marola had him uh, with a, a max play uh, over Brad Keselowski last week at Michigan. And obviously he wrecked in like the first, you know, right after that comp caution. But um, like I would listen to Eric Almarola. I would never listen to Eric Almarola at any other point, <laughs> yeah. um, but I bet on him and I didn't have a dog in the race. Like Gragson was in the race. So I listened to him when he started running well, um, but just to your point, it, it, it brings such a level of entertainment and enthusiasm to watching a race that and, and a thrill, really. I mean, it, it's it's it allows me to bring the fandom back out. One hundred percent. And, you know, you're a fan of whoever you're betting on that weekend. Right. But there are races where you hit a bet and somehow you just stay connected with that guy. Like Matt Crafton is like that for me and, and my cousin, Greg, like we hit a bet on Matt Crafton. It was like a top five last year. And we had like a lot more money than we should have on Crafton for a top five, wherever the hell he was at. And uh, it was like, we were jumping for joy, you know, and we're like, damn, like Crafton, he's our guy. You know what I mean? It's just like those bets stick with you. And you're like, yeah, I like that guy. Well, um, <laughs> it's just, is is you find a guy that's on a hot streak like chase elliott for the last you know four races didn't finish worse than like you know second or third or whatever it was like you find guy that's just an example i'm not saying that i bet on it but that's just an example sure. of you find hot and you, you ride him for a few weeks and you could time it right you know you get a little connection to that driver and that obviously you know chris wormy would tell you that never bet on a you know gut feeling or like a he's due type of thing but like shit tyler reddick won me at the road course at road america why not go back to the well at indy road course so yeah uh, you know, that's that's fun to me absolutely i mean you mentioned al marola i don't know if it was last year or the year before but he he went on like a seven straight top 10 streak and yeah, i i, I was yeah yeah it's just like I, I can't get off this wave like he's not looking good history at this racetrack but shit like i'm not gonna stop betting on him and sure enough there he goes again so yeah, I mean, you, you kind of find your your way with these different drivers and like they become your favorite at that point in time. So, um, yeah, great stuff. And then you mentioned Casey Kane just real quick. Uh, SRX was posting today, like, who else do you want to see next year in 2023? 
I was I was tagging Casey Kane in every uh, <laughs> in every platform, Instagram, Twitter, and you know any place I could get him because uh, I would love to see Casey running in the SRX series next year, at least uh, yeah, for one race. That'd be super cool. I um the last time I saw him race was I believe the 2019 um Coke 600, but it was the dirt race, like the Thursday or Friday night before. And he had a merch trailer and he was racing. And that was the last time that I got to see him race. And I think now the only time that I'm going to be able to see him race is at a small dirt track um, or SRX. So if that actually happened, I would seriously consider making a trip to that race. Cause obviously, you know, Casey Kane was my first driver. Like when I first became a fan of NASCAR, Casey Kane was the guy. It was when he had all those, I think it was his rookie season. He had all those second place finishes and just absolutely crushed it. And I was like, that is the dude right there. Yeah. I think Richmond was where he got his first win, too. Now that we're going talking have. about Richmond. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've been buying up some some of his dirt racing merch. I'm staring at a, a sticker and a die cast in front of me of like his uh, his sprint car. Um, dude, I, I got a sprint car die cast, too. <laughs> the number nine Carvana, the, the uh, blue. Oh, it's oh, it's the number nine, but it's not Carvana. It's in the box still. <laughs> Got That's it. funny. Uh, Caravan. Yeah, I don't. Isn't yeah. that isn't that Carvana? What's no, it say? A- oh, hey, you're right. And it says "Fuel Me" on the top part of the. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> I guess I just assumed it was Carvana. No, it's Caravan. My That's bad. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to support your guy. You know what I mean? That's how I feel. Dude, so I've been like my nascar fandom is like through the roof so i've been buying like 124 die casts and like all sorts of helmets like a chase elliott hooters helmet that was just so sexy oh, sick. but i noticed that casey kane his sprint car is a 118 whatever that means i know yeah. it's big so I, th- I thought that was pretty cool so that was the first sprint car die cast that i got Man, um, that's awesome the <laughs> Well, I guess that's enough Casey Kane talk. I, yeah. I just love talking shop. But uh, about Casey Kane. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So if you see him in SRX, well, you know, I might have to become the the primary SRX gambling podcast. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so real quick, I, I didn't bring this up uh, when we were not recording to give you the rundown, but um, you you posted on Twitter today, or, or might have been yesterday, about championship odds. Um, so you were kind of talking about like who to take and, and guys that you already had and, and values of, of guys that you don't and who you should land on to, to throw a little bit more coin down on, um, where'd you land with that? Like who, who, what's your thought process for the championship as the playoffs are starting to get going here? So my, uh, preseason bets actually have, have not panned out, um, to be anything special, but I, I bet MTJ Logano and Harvick. Cause I just thought my thought process was, all right, these veteran guys are going to get a hold of this new car quicker. And I don't really know why I thought that. Looking back, it doesn't make much sense because they all started at, like, ground zero. Um, but that was really my thought process for some of these futures. And then um, I have a I have a pretty good book that, that gives back a lot of free bets. Um, and so whenever I have, like, losing weeks or whenever I get these free bets, I always put them on championship uh, outrights. And do the so, same thing. Yeah, so I got like Chastain at plus four thousand, Reddick at plus four thousand. I got Blaney at ten to one. So I, I have like uh, eleven of the sixteen playoff or potential playoff guys 
um, outright and I'm only risking $400. So, or four units. And so if I, if I, if the, you know, the least amount of payout is Blaney at 10 to one, if he wins, I still win six units. So I, I, I got to the point where I haven't bet Larson, Hamlin, Suarez, Briscoe, Sendrick, or Kurt Busch. And I, I, was kind of going to throw the bottom four out Suarez, Briscoe, Cedric and Kurt Busch and just take the risk. Um, and so I had 150 bucks of free play this week. So I ended up putting a hundred on Larson at eight to one and then 50 on Hamlin at nine to one. But I think hopefully in the next three to four weeks, I'll still be able to get Hamlin at a decent number and get a little bit more on him. Um, so that, then I really, I feel like I really have everybody covered, but yeah, I was just going through, I was like, man, I was scrolling through my pending bets and I was like, damn, I got a lot of guys covered. I need to seriously think about like, you know, how I'm going to hedge this and how I'm going to maximize my profits on this. So I just figured I'd throw it out to Twitter and see what the guys thought. I got a lot of good feedback. Um, And so that's what I did. Yeah. Hamlin and Larson. That's great. I mean, that's incredible. And that's another reason why like, you know, the, the free bets and the, the different sports books that kind of offer that stuff is important. Like that's the exact same mindset that I have. Every time I get a free bet, I just throw it down on a future and um, you, you know, you can't go wrong. Like it just gives you a dog in the fight. Last year I was in a similar situation to you where I had a, I actually had three of the four guys in the finals at the end um, and I ended up hitting, but um you know, it wasn't as big of a, a hit as it could have been. I had Larson for a, a lower number than some of the other guys. Like Truex was the one I think I was really rooting for. On um, Truex as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, let's kind of transition then to, to Richmond because I think it, it starts with Truex. I mean, and, and we'll do a, a nice little segue in here. I mean, I like Truex this week. He's plus 2,000 now that he's the first man out uh, to win the championship. He's plus 2,000. Um would you throw a little bit of money down on that or do you think it's too risky at this point? Yeah. I mean, obviously I love the number. Um, I got him at eight to one before the season. So obviously I'm, I'm behind there, but um, if, if the chips fall with, and this is the tough part about like, will I throw money on Martin Truex to win the championship? Like, yes, I think it's a good bet, but I'm only going to bet it with the free bet that I get. So because I'm already risking money on him. So um you know, it, it would just depend on the week. Now, I think 20 to one, you know, if he wins the race and gets in the in the playoffs or if he points his way in, however he does it, that's obviously going to drastically drop, um, you know, probably 10 to one, 12 to one, 14 to one, somewhere in that range, I'd have to guess. But, uh, you know, obviously Truex is the favorite this week. I think that's warranted. I think his history in the last 10 years at Richmond has pointed to that. And even the run in the spring this year at Richmond, um, you know, he's in these Toyotas, man. Talk about hot. I mean, they 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 cheated at Pocono. They found <laughs> none of us knew if they were going to still be fast. Sure enough, they are. I don't know why they needed the piece of tape. Uh, but these Toyotas, dude, are hauling some ass. So um, I think MTJ is a great bet this week. I'm not actually – I'm not going to bet on him outright. I just I, – at least not right now. I don't love the number. I think – you know, I see him at six to one at one of my locals. Um, maybe we'll get some heavy money on some other guys to drop his odds to eight, eight or nine to one. And maybe if he qualifies, 
10th or 12th, maybe we can get to eight or nine to one. I, I think that's where I would probably look after practicing qualifying. Um, although I do not mind a top three or top five bet on Truex. I think that's a great bet this week. Yeah. I'm, I'm on, I'm on Truex and, and my fear is um, he is going to qualify well and that number is going to dip, you know, even shorter. Um, that's, that's the fear that I have. Cause I think he's very strong um this week so we're about to get into a, a head-to-head talk the, the face-offs here in a second but uh just wanted to get your mindset like wrapping it around richmond here um i laid this out there earlier in the pod um but i want to get your take on it i mean I, i'm looking at three things when i'm trying to zero in who i like this week the first is just last 10 races at richmond i think 10 races is is a lot but it's also like not that far back in as far as time since they come here twice a year. Um, mm-hmm. So 10 races at Richmond. And then I am considering somewhat heavily the, the four comp tracks that they've been to this year, Richmond included. Um, so that's, you know, gateway, New Hampshire, Phoenix, and and the Richmond race. And then obviously the, the final piece of the puzzle is looking at that Richmond race uh, with a little bit more of a microscope. Um, so of those three things, what do you, kind of prioritize and and is there anything that i'm leaving out that maybe you're looking into this week yeah i wish i could i wish i could add to to what you're saying but all four of those comp comp tracks richmond included are what i'm looking at and then the final look is richmond so that your your puzzle piece reference there i think was spot on um you can't I, i i really don't think you can get much better data to go off of than richmond race this year i mean it's in the next gen car um, it's one of the few tracks that we've returned to, you know, we went back to Atlanta, um, but you know, tough to even, you know, comp that. But, um, I, I think you got to look at, at all three of those Phoenix gateway, New Hampshire, and then tie it up with, with Richmond at the end. Um, and I'm looking at, at Ryan for my fantasy race, incredible subscription to his website. I mean, this guy puts out great stuff. Um, he has, overall speed rankings from all four of those tracks this year um, and has them all ranked in like just absolute nonsense numbers that I am going nonsense in a good way that I'm going to be basing my stuff off of this week um, and with, with the emphasis on Richmond. So I know that the spring race had a little bit of pitch strategy and Harvick and Hamlin. I think it was them two were coming hauling ass at the end. And, you know, uh, I saw Brad Keselowski, had the fastest overall speed ranking in that race, which just blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we'll get into Brad K later in, in the podcast. But but yeah, I think Richmond Spring was a little bit of a wonky race with the pitch strategy. But uh, we saw Blaney dominate early. We saw some guy. I think Byron led a bunch of laps, and um, you know, it's it's. I think it's going to be similar to Richmond, and maybe a little bit similar to Martinsville we saw this year, where it was just a. Uh, these cars run rails and like a train track where they're just following the leader. Um, you know, if you pick the right guys at the beginning, I think you touched on this one time, you pick the right guys at the beginning, you're happy for the whole race and you pick guys that fade early and don't have good track position, then you're kind of toast. So we'll see if we get the, what we, if we get the pitch strategy again with the new tires and the old tires and fuel and long green flag runs. Um, as a fan, I love I love to see that at Richmond. As a fan, watching the different strategies and guys coming through the field is very entertaining. And for a gambler, you just hope that you're on the right side of it. So some Richmond races can be a little boring, but um, I'm looking forward to Richmond. Yeah, it's totally well set. I mean, 
you know, as a gambler, if you're on the right side of things, it's, it's going to be very fun to watch. And, and, you know, I, I looked back at the, I mentioned this earlier in the pod uh, before you hopped on, but the Jeff Gluck poll and, you know, I, I'd rewatched the the highlights of Richmond earlier and I was like, yeah, you know, it, a little bit boring, but like, you know, Hamlin and Harvick, like hunting those guys down at the end, like that was pretty exciting. I remember being on Hamlin. I was cheering for that, but the Jeff Gluck poll Richmond is like the sixth worst, um, as far as like, was it a good race result? So, um, I guess, you know, it does tend to kind of lull people to sleep in the middle of that, I guess. But, um, with the playoff picture really forming, I think maybe, you know, things will start to heat up, um, outside of the, the gambling aspect of it. I think, you know, if you didn't place a single bet on this race, I still think that you would get your kicks out of this race because of what's happening, um, moving forward here with the playoffs. So, well, I think, I think the bumper will be used this weekend. I'm not, I'm not convinced that we're going to see the long green flag, uh, runs and the green flag pit stops and the strategy and whatnot. I, I, you know, I really don't, don't know if we're going to see that, but I, I think guys like Blaney, um, you know, Harvick just locked himself in, but Martin Truex, Bubba Wallace, you could even throw Eric Jones, Michael McDowell in there. Like they obviously have to win. So they're going to have to be up the front. If they're going to use it, but I'm looking at Blaney and Truex, you know, they, they, I don't think they're going to have any patience. You know, they're, they're, they're going for trophies as colleague the guys would say, but um, I just have this feeling and as a gambler feelings have no merit, but I just have, <laughs> feeling that this is not going to be one of those long green flag races. Um, I feel like there's going to be chaos. I hope I'm wrong, to be honest with you. I hope I'm wrong, but I think there's going to be chaos. You know, there's three races left uh, to the playoffs and there's some desperate guys. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, if you're right, then it the, the race will unfold a lot differently than last time, because if you're having all those restarts and, and guys getting uh, frisky, you're not going to have the opportunity for somebody in the back to just like hunt people down. You know, they'll have to make up that ground on the restarts if they're taking that sort of risk. Um, and, and it causes, you know, crew chiefs to, to make different decisions every time there's a, a yellow flag. So um, yeah, that would be a completely different story being told if, if that really is what goes down. So um, yeah. Interesting. Interesting take. So uh, let's get into the face-off. What do you think? Um, we'll, we'll, for anyone who hasn't heard this before, we're going to go through three head-to-head matchups. And uh, I think uh, I'm going to default to you whether you want to take uh, two matchups or one. But um, what's going to happen is we're going to talk about three matchups. And when it's my turn, I'm going to pick a, a driver – over another driver that I like, and Mark's going to get stuck with the uh, the opposite driver, and then we'll end up having a, a best of three series here on Sunday. And, and I'll put the bad Photoshop tail the tape out there, and we'll we'll keep track and see who emerges victorious. Now, last time you were on, you beat me, um, so I am out for revenge. Now the question is, do you want to kick things off here, or do you want me to take? Uh, two of the three matchups. So as much as I'd love to take two matchups and go first, um, I, I, and I want to say this, I usually don't find the plays that I fall in love with until after practicing qualifying and when the locals put up their matchups. But this one that DraftKings has is extremely enticing. So I'm going one matchup and I'll take the risk with the other two. All right. So the risk you're running is that I'm going to take it early on in my first pick. 
Um, so that's the, that's the thing. I don't know if it's what you're looking at, but, uh, I will go first and I teased this earlier, but this is going to be my toolhangers.com bet of the week. So this is the first time I've ever done it as part of a face-off. Uh, I'm going back to my bread and butter and just making it a head to head matchup. So this is a minus one twenty, and it's Kevin Harvick over William Byron. That's who I'm taking. Now, before I get into tool hangers and, and what the bet of the week is for anyone who doesn't know, I need to know, was that the bet that you were thinking of? It was not. Okay. So but now I, we're cooking with gas. Wait, I know which side you're on and I am stoked. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, I will give you a second to, to think about, you know, how you're going to defend your boy. Oh, I'm, um, ready. I'm ready. So to, to keep everyone updated, we've got three aces left here in the regular season and, and we're building up a, a pot here for a gift card to toolhangers.com. They specialize in custom tool hangers for storing, organizing, and displaying on pegboard tool walls from circular saws, drills, batteries, cords, garden tools, hand tools, anything that you have kind of lying around your garage or your basement. You want to straighten things up a little bit, give these guys a look. And each week they give me $10 to place any bet that I want. And if I hit, the money goes into a pot that we will be giving away in a raffle at the end of the regular season. So you can go to toolhangers.com slash full tank to register for that raffle, the gift card. Um, so please do that because there's only three races left. So I'm taking Kevin Harvick in this matchup, minus 120. Um, there'll be $8 added to the, uh, the pot if that hits. I know it's nothing crazy like we were talking about last week. Last week, uh, Mark, I let Rory pick for me, and he went with a, a plus 350 Daniel Suarez, which was out of control. Uh, but So I'm kind of reeling it back in, and I'm taking Harvick. Now, um, I love Harvick this week. I, I love him at plus 1,500 to win. I love him at top five. Uh, top 10 is a ridiculous number, minus 200, but uh, I love him in this matchup. And uh, it, it's a twofold situation here with this. Um, because I wanted some better odds in a head-to-head matchup, but I didn't find anyone else that he was up against on uh, various books that I could take. So I'm, I'm going against Byron here. Kevin Harvick, we talk about history, and then we talk about 2022. I mean, Kevin Harvick, he's got five top fives in his last 10, eight top tens in his last 10 races at Richmond. Just unbelievable numbers there. His average finish is six in everybody, compared to everyone. His driver rating is second out of everyone in that time span. So that's just kick-ass. So then you say, well, you know, 2022, you know, he just got his first win. He must be, you know, really shit in the bed here. But that's actually not the case as well. On these comp tracks, he is fifth in NASCAR. His average finish, 11.5. His driver rating is in that same spot. So um, looking at green flag speed at these four tracks, he's second. So I know you're looking at that, Mark, uh, on ifantasyrace.com. He, he's second in there as well. So just shows you that he's no slouch when it comes to these flat, short tracks. Uh, I think people were kind of saying before he got the win at Michigan, I was one saying it's Michigan or bust, but there were a couple other people saying, well, you know, he does have Richmond and that's why. So um, I think now with that momentum off of a win, 
man, look out. These guys are going to be tooling up for the playoffs now. They, they got the monkey off their back. There's nothing better than a free driver, a free team now. Um, so look at the other side. The guy I'm giving you is William Byron. He hasn't had a top 10 in like forever. So what do you think of your boy William Byron here in this matchup? Listen, I have been dogging William Byron over the last few weeks. Absolutely shit talking him absolutely fading him just absolutely dogging him and he has you are correct he has one top 10 since april 9th but the week before that at richmond he led a bunch of laps he had a fast car they've got to start turning around for the playoffs i loved i I meant to start with this i loved all your numbers this matchup points towards kevin harvick but you also got to take into account the Skybox special, the win hangover fade. Okay. Okay. We yeah. are fading Kevin Harvick. I'm not saying that I'm going to have a big bet against him in the race at a matchup. I'm not saying I might not look at him at a top five, but for this matchup, give me William Byron. He, it, like Chris Wormy hates regression to the mean. William Byron has got to get it turned around at some point. He had a strong showing in Richmond earlier this year. He had a strong showing at, at Martinsville. I think he won the damn thing. Maybe if we get a strong out race, he could, you know, horsepower his way and uh, show a little bit of the speed he had at Richmond in the spring. So I like this side. Give me William Byron. All right. Well, you got him. I mean, I, and I think Byron is going to be, there's a couple guys out there that I think are going to be very interesting to watch, gambling aside, um, to see how they, you know, react to being at this track for the second time this year um byron is interesting because of how much he struggled lately um you know at this time when we were at richmond earlier in the year i was thinking this guy has championship potential i I threw a a future bet down on him at that point um because he was you know hot and he has faded so much so to see how byron reacts to this track tooling up for the playoffs is going to be very intriguing to me because if he does you know, if both these guys run the full race, right, if, if there's no like act of God situation where they get wiped out, um, if he does beat Harvick in this matchup, because I think you're going to have to be in the top 10 to do it. So if he was able to, to pull that off, then, OK, now I'm feeling a bit better about Byron for the future. bet. So, um, yeah, this will be a good one. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the old man and talk about hangover. He's 46. I don't think he's pounding too many beers. You know what I mean? I, I think he'll be all right. Man, he had some beers on that uh, deck lid after the celebration. So <laughs> that's true. He, he's learned how to handle them. Yeah, win hangover is uh, is emphasized this week. Yeah, and and before we jump off Harvick, I, I meant to mention this earlier, but there's I, I don't know how you look this up, but there has to be some statistic about Apple beer paint schemes winning races. I know Red Apple Ale has won a few with Kozlowski. Now we've got Apple Bush light like apple if you want to win a race throw some sort of apple beer on your hood because uh, i think it'll get it done anyway i digress let's turn it over to you to hear the bet that you wanted from the beginning so now i'm a little nervous no it's actually pretty comical um and i think you're gonna get a good kick out of this <laughs> i'm actually betting on william byron william byron minus 110 versus bubba wallace now, Bubba Wallace has been hot, no doubt about it. Four straight top tens, had you know arguably a winning car last week. Logano didn't hold him up. 
He's only back half a second with 25 laps to go. You never know what would happen. Arguably the best run that Bubba's had in his entire career, definitely in the Cup Series. But that comes to an end. And it goes from Bubba Wallace being real hot to having some sort of issue or being slow. And it goes from William Byron to having an issue and being slow to being hot. Okay. William Byron is going to, it, just like you said, and I hate to even say it, but if this thing goes green, nothing crazy happens. Neither of these guys get caught up in a wreck. I think Bubba Wallace, I mean, William Byron absolutely smokes Bubba Wallace. Uh, on on Sunday at Richmond, and this is at least going to be a three-unit play on Sunday. The only way that it wouldn't be is if, and I'm going to eat my words so bad this weekend, but if William Byron qualifies like 28th and Bubba qualifies like 5th or 6th and, you know, similar to that in practice, uh, I'm really going to be eating my freaking words. But I got high hopes on William Byron this week. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be looking to fade Bubba Wallace. I think he might be overpriced this week. Uh, have fun with Bubba Wallace. Okay, so there's a lot to break down with this. Um, first of all, I think in a silo, this is a great bet. Um, I, I would follow you on this bet, you know, face off aside, because we're just having fun here. Um, but as far as like, you know, throwing some money down, I would, I would tell you on this bet. I think your reasoning is sound, uh, but there's some optimism that I have uh, in the sense of this matchup. First of all, this has to be a first. I don't even know if it should be allowed, but you <laughs> you have two matchups with the same driver. You are choosing to put essentially all of your eggs in one basket because all you need to do is win two matchups. If he gets wiped out, Byron, that is, I win. Um, so, I mean, that's a, that's a big risk here. Um, but if he goes out and wins a race, you win. So uh, I, you know, we'll we'll allow it, and uh, we'll see how it turns out. Now, to to break the matchup down, I mean, you know, what you said about Byron makes sense. Um, I just don't know if I can get behind the all of a sudden these two guys like shifting and, and kind of changing places essentially i mean you're giving me a guy who finished third at new hampshire that was the last short flat track they were at now if you're just looking at the four flats you know overall speed and, and average finish yes William byron hasn't beat uh on all of that stuff but talking about momentum you know three out of the last four races have been top five finishes for bubba and four straight top tens you mentioned earlier Mark, the Toyota gang is just on fire. They have figured it out. You know, we're going to a track that favors Toyota. Uh, so you're telling me that I've got a Toyota driver in this matchup. I think there's reason for optimism here. So um, I, it'll be interesting to see if, if they can flip flop, like you mentioned, you know, one kind of fading and the other one taking control. Uh, but I'm not hating it. You know what I mean? I, I'm not hating getting stuck with Bubba. I'll if he continues this run, I'll be happy that uh, he's on it here. So uh, I don't know any any thoughts on you know my rebuttal there. Yeah, I, I think you make very valid points. I, I honestly can't argue with you. I'm putting my all my eggs in one basket with Byron, and I, I didn't know if you know this, Phil, but I am a gambling man. I like to have a little bit of fun, a little <laughs> bit of thrill. You know, I mean, <laughs> I got all my eggs on William Byron. I mean. 
Man, this is for bragging rights. I mean, this is for a well. I guess the last one was for the eight dollar gift card, but I'm gonna have to go put my name in the pot. Maybe William Byron will take me to the promised land. There you go. All right. Well, uh, that's interesting. Um, I'm, I, I cannot believe we're we're dealing with William Byron. So for my final matchup, I'm gonna go with William Byron over. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, um, <laughs> um, yeah. So. I, I was a little, I wasn't sure if I was going to get to, um, so this one is kind of on the seat of my pants and, uh, and that's, you know, really not great. Um, but I'm going to go, this matchup interests me. So I, I don't think either one of us can, can go wrong here with these two guys that I'm going to really bring up, but I'm going to take a shot on someone who has struggled mightily, but just has the numbers that I'm looking at. And it, it's not like complete domination. Um, I'm going to take Kyle Bush over Christopher Bell. Um, now, I, I really looked hard at Christopher Bell. I actually like Christopher Bell in a number of different plays. But uh, if Kyle Bush is going, and we're talking to Toyotas now, so, you know, manufacturers are out the window. Kyle Bush has struggled so mightily that it just feels like, you know, the, the, the tipping point has to come alive here. So if you're looking at their schedule, they're not winning at Watkins Glen and they're not winning at Tal, uh, excuse me, Daytona. Um, so this is really one to get your shit right. If you're the 18 team. Right. And, and I know there's been a lot of distraction about his contract and everything like that. And people are saying like, well, because that's going on, that's why he's struggling. Who the hell knows if it is man up, you know what I mean? Get your mental game where it should be. But if you're that team, this is the last like technical race that you're going to have, right? The other two are just like complete wildcard races. So get your shit together and prepare for the playoffs, because if you want to make a run, it starts here, right? It doesn't start, Watkins Glen or Daytona, you know, gearing up. This is where it starts. His numbers at Richmond are extremely impressive. I mean, two wins in his last 10, nine top tens out of 10. That is extreme. I mean, he's got the most top tens in that 10 race time span than anyone. His average finish is 6.9. He's starting inside the top 10, 9.9 um, on average. And then you're looking at this season, you know what I mean? Looking at, Green flag speed at these four tracks. He's sixth compared to Christopher Bell, who's down in 10th. Christopher Bell's right there. I mean, I'm not hating on Christopher Bell. This is more so banking on a veteran, getting it together at a track that he likes, clearly, according to statistics, um, and, and gearing up to make a run in the playoffs like a, a veteran should do. So um, I'm hating a guy who could potentially win the race, but I'm banking on him Kyle Bush snapping out of this and, you know, potentially uh, doing donuts as well himself. So what do you think about Chris Bell? Well, I think this is a very intriguing matchup. You have Kyle Bush, who that is just an incredible stat. Nine out of the last 10, he has top tens. That That's a monstrous stat. You mentioned the two wins. Um, historically speaking, Kyle Bush runs extremely well at Richmond. But on the other side, you got Christopher Bell, who the last two years, uh, you know, this year, obviously, he's the short track flat. Oh, man, I knew I was going to screw that up. Short, <laughs> flat track guy. 
he's he's I think he won New Hampshire. Um, his overall speed rating on the four comp tracks are fourth, tied for tied with Blaney. Um, obviously, he was fastest in New Hampshire, third fastest at Gateway, and then eighth at Richmond in spring. And Kyle Busch was fifteenth overall speed ranking uh, at Richmond earlier this year. So, you know, are you going to take the young blood? Are you going to take the the new blood? Or are you going to go back to the to the well of you know Kyle Busch running well at Richmond? Um, and, and I like where I'm at with C bell. I think you could, like you said on the last one, I think you can make an argument for both of these guys. Um, and it'll be intriguing. This is definitely, you know, if we were on Derek's show and talking featured matchups and whatnot, this, I think this would be a phenomenal featured matchup. Um, but I think, you know, both sides have a very legitimate argument. And so I think at that point you got to look at, you know, post practice and qualifying, um, and then, and then see how they shake out. Um, but yeah, I'm happy with C bell. I like this short, flat track, want to race in on a short track flat, golly, short, flat track <laughs> <laughs> this year, the next in car. So, uh, I like it. I'll take C bell and the old Willie B this week. Yeah. I didn't think you would hate it. Um, and I, I really stared pretty hard at Christopher bell in this matchup, uh, because I think his numbers are good. I'm on Christopher bell in a number of different ways outside of this, but uh, I figured, you know, since this is for fun, I'm throwing some money down it and uh, excuse me, I'm throwing my, my name on Kyle Bush here because uh, if he were to turn things around this week, like I don't want to miss out on that. And, and I think watch if, out. Yeah. if he's going to do it, it would be here. You know what I mean? So that's that's where my mindset was. That's what tipped me over uh, to the Kyle Bush side of things. But um, yeah, no, no reason to hate on Christopher Bell. That is for sure. So um, to recap, we've got my pick, Kevin Horvick over Byron, the toolhangers.com better of the week. Then you are going Byron over Bubba. And then I'm taking Kyle Bush over Christopher Bell. So that is the full tank face-off this week. And, uh, yeah, it should be a dandy. So we'll, we'll see how things shake out uh, this weekend. So any other thoughts on Richmond? I mean, we, we were kind of riffing um, before we started recording. Might have a, a few side bets or some props that you're kind of interested in that you see out there right now. I mean, we did mention it's earlier in the week, right? So especially for some of those head-to-heads like Christopher Bell and Kyle Bush, if you're actually going to throw money on that, definitely wait. Like you were dead on. Wait until practice of qualifying before you place a bet on that um, with real money. But anything else that you're kind of eyeing up and, and maybe waiting on? Yeah, I have um, three bets that I really, really like. Uh, and I'll, I'll be quick, but and I don't know if this is allowed, but I'm going to do it anyway. But <laughs> I, my tool hangers bet of the week, oh. it's going to be Ryan Blaney top five at plus one fifty. Now, we Ryan Blaney, I, I'm not sure if he's going to be a hot topic this week, but he led the first 116 laps at Richmond in the spring. And I, I know I can't remember if if the strategy was off or if he lost track position or what happened, but I plus 150 for a top five and this guy runs around the top five he's desperate for a win i think that is a phenomenal number um we'll see i'm definitely going to look at taking this actually i am going to take this uh pre-practice qualifying i would hate for him to you know qualify on pole or second like he did last year um and this be even money 
or or even Ryan Blaney could be, you know, seven to one, eight to one, and this would be a minus one ten bet. I do not want that. I think plus one fifty is a great number. So what are your thoughts on Ryan Blaney this week? I'm glad you brought him up because I, I was actually gonna ask you about him. Um because to me he's an enigma. Um going into this season, Ryan Blaney has been terrible at Richmond. Like this is, uh, I believe, the track that he – I was listening to an interview, and he said, like, I absolutely hate that place. Now, that was, like, a couple years ago. But uh, since then, he, he scored a couple top tens. He's got two top tens, and that's, like, the highest, you know, he, he's had. Um, seventh is the the best he's ever finished here. So, um, no top fives in the last ten races for him. But – he was strong earlier and I'm not sure what to make of that race because we, somebody said it on Derek's show before it might've been your boy, uh, Chris Wormy when he's out front, he's great. But as soon as he starts to trip up, you know, and I think they had a bad pit stop in that race. I, I think that's how he got shuffled back a little bit. As soon as he loses that track position, he's gone and you never hear from him again. And that's exactly what happened in that race. They could not get it back together. So we qualified on the pole. They did a great job there, cruised out front, and then, you know, he disappeared. So that's my fear of betting on uh, Blaney, but he did finish seventh. So he's right there. So top five, you know, that bet would be interesting. You know, it's going to keep you around. I would I would tend to ride with you on it because if it's not Truex, you know, if Truex goes out and wins, now you're looking at Blaney. He's the outside um, looking in, and they better be aware of that. So I, I think they're going to be, you know, going for it. Uh, so I, I would I would tend to. I'm a Blaney fan. I would throw down on uh, plus one fifty, like you said, before practice qualifying in case he does put on the Colt because his average starting position. These four tracks, these flat tracks this year, is the best in NASCAR. Four point five. He qualifies really well at these tracks. I was just about to bring that up. Like his his speed ranking from from iFantasyRace.com. He's got the fourth fastest overall speed ranking. Fourth at Phoenix, fifth at Richmond, second at Gateway, and then he was twenty second at New Hampshire. I, I think he just had a dog shit car the whole day, but. Uh, like you mentioned, his average starting position at these comp tracks is 4.5 best in NASCAR. So that leads me into another bet that I really like that I think has incredible value is Blaney to win the poll at 12 to 1. Uh, yes. I, I think it, this was not originally one of my planned you know, props to hit on, but whoa. I mean, you, how, how can a book make Blaney 12 to 1 and like the fifth or sixth favorite to win the poll with – the best qualifying on the comp tracks. Like they have to be looking at that. Um, I, I just think 12, 12 to one is absurd. I think that number should be more like eight to one, nine to one, I guess 10 to one, but man, 12 to one just really caught my eye, especially after a guy that sat on the pole earlier this year in the same car. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think that's an absurd number. Lock me in. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you on that one as well. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. I didn't realize that number was 12 to one. Um, you're right. Like I'm looking right now. I mean, they've got some other guys up there who really, I don't see it. Like they've got people ahead of them, like Bubba Wallace, who has just been dog shit on these types of tracks this year. His average starting position is 19.5. So what the fuck is he doing so far <laughs> yeah. up there? Um, I, I guess because of like the, the momentum factor, that has to be it. Um, but then, you know, other guys that are ahead of him, 
don't jive with me. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm locked in. I'll, I'm putting that in as soon as I'm done talking with you tonight. That's a good uh, one. Yeah. That was one that I found um, just throughout my day today. And I just like to look at the opening lines and see what I like and not really make a bet, but just look at the odds, see what I can. I feel like I, you know, instinct has first look value in. Uh, and that one caught my eye in a, in a big way. I, I just went back and looked at the odds that you were looking at and he's the eighth favorite eighth. I, yeah. I don't, I, doesn't don't make think sense. Someone that won the poll and led 116 laps in a race this year in the same car uh, is is it, it, that that doesn't warrant an, an eighth you know favorite. And the, I know there's guys out there that do the calculation of percentage, like Vegas or the odds makers are saying that he's got a four percent chance or whatever it is to hit pole. I think that that's a low number. So um, yeah, no, another one that I, I really unless you have any more thoughts on Ryan Blaney, I'll yeah. go to my. Yeah, go to your next one. Let's do it. Yeah. So this one's got a little bit more juice, um, and and I'm not one to run away from juice. Um, I, yeah, obviously, plus money uh, is is a lot more thrilling. Um, but I think this is a sound bet, and it goes off of previous track history, aka this year, Richmond uh, odds, and and the only reason this number is where it's at is because of how shitty William Byron has run. And William Byron, top 10 at minus 140. Now, he could continue this slump, and I could be eating my words like I said it earlier. But the reason we, we do not – we are not going to get a Hendrick driver other than Alex Bowman. I mean, he's around that top 10 odds every week. But I feel like William Byron minus 140 is is some legitimate, you know, t- top 10. That's, you know, he's had one since April. And I talked earlier with my matchup against Bubba. I think he, he's got to turn it around for the playoffs. And um, and I just really love – I am I, I really think you got to get on this bet if you are going to bet it before practicing qualifying. Because if he, if he goes out and qualifies in the top five or even the top ten for that matter, that number could be minus 180, minus 200, something even – maybe even worse than that depending on how he practices and qualifies. So I think this is a, a perfect example of a bet that – if you are going to bet it with the big juice, you got to do it before practicing qualifying. Because if this, you know, if he qualifies 25th, 28th, this number could be even, right? Or minus 110, minus 120. And I don't think the practice speeds and the qualifying speeds would warrant taking that bet. So I think this is something you got to hop on pre practice qualifying. That's interesting. I don't know if I'll tell you on that one. Um, you know, Byron scares me just because of how, how they've run recently. And, and also that's a minus 140 is a decent chunk of change. I know you're not scared of the juice on that one, but looking at his track history, he's only got two top tens. Um, and, you know, he, he had the third place finish earlier this year. So yeah, I get it. Next gen car kind of trumps everything. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, it's tough to compare these two guys, but two guys who are struggling right now, Kyle Bush and William Byron. We, we talked about both of them so far. Kyle's going to a track that he kind of would feel home at, right? He, he just dominates here. It comes to him, that sort of thing. Byron doesn't have that type of deal. So I'm a little more skeptical of taking uh, a top 10 for Byron, but that doesn't mean, you know, I can't see it happening. You know what I mean? It just, it happened earlier this year. So, so I would be, like I said, he's one that I'm tracking to see how they react to this second time at this track because I do see this clearly as a prep for the playoffs. So uh, that's how I feel. 
I think this is um, an interesting topic, and and I might get scolded for this, but um, but you know, skybox opinion of the week. I think I'm I'm putting William Byron more. I think he should be priced closer to Blaney than he is with matchups against Bubba. You know, affordable juice on a top ten. If you just look at Richmond of this year, and I know that you can't just look at one race because anything could happen at any given NASCAR race. We've seen it the last two weeks at Indian, Michigan. Um, I just think that if you just look at that race and how equal on speed these two guys were, I think Byron finished third, Blaney finished seventh. Uh, but he, like we said earlier, he led the first 116 laps. I just feel like these odds on William Byron, I understand why they are what they are. It's because he's been running like dog shit. It, it's because he's got one top 10 since April. But when you see guys like William Byron with those kind of odds, I feel like you have to jump on them. And I feel like it's this is something that, um, it, it, you know, track history doesn't back it up. Uh, recent races don't back it up. But the odds back it up. I'm looking at this, and I wonder if we went back and looked at Tuesday night, Wednesday night before these races, and what William Byron typically is on, like, these comp tracks, for example, for top 10 before practice qualifying. I really don't think that it's anywhere near minus 140. I think it's I think it's it's way lower than that, like what I was talking about earlier, minus 180, minus 200. So yeah. I feel like the folks are giving us a gift here, and, and the, the only way to bet this is to be on it pre-practice, pre-qualifying. I, I, it's a good point. You're playing the odds more so than anything else. And, and I agree with you there. And I think if you were to go out and do something special here this weekend, we would all be kind of looking at it like, oh shit, of course. You know what I mean? Like, of course, why was he priced so, so weird? You know what I mean? He, he did so well earlier this year um, at this racetrack. Like, of course, why was he plus 2000 to win the race? Like, of course he was. So uh, it would be staring in the face after the fact. So I like how you're on it. You're playing the odds and calling out, you know, somebody who you're usually seeing at shorter odds, more affordable this time or, or better payouts, depending on what, what market you're looking at. So um, I like that. I, I like that concept here. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, I how it unfolds. Say, yeah. I want to say one more thing. I just noticed I'm looking back through my notes from the show. And I am like the biggest William Byron fan ever this week. Like well, the matchups, the head to heads, the, you know, the prop bets like i look like a william byron homer this week and it's it's uh, you know the, the numbers really don't back it up but when the books price him in this fashion it just it draws my attention i i, ha- I can't run away from it. well when he goes out at, first of all I, i'm i'm taking a an outright right now on william byron um just like it's like one of those deals where you just throw in with the the guys at work who are playing in the lottery just so you don't get yeah. Uh, boxed out like i'm thrown in but if he were to go out and win this race i'm clipping everything that you just said and we're, we're spreading it all around so um you'll get your you'll get your uh credit for that one because you're you are on him that is a fact so yeah. uh yeah i'm anxious to see how he handles this race there's there's no doubt about it because i'm cheering for him i i want him to be ready for this last 10 race stretch towards the end of the season uh, playoff so um so any was that the last uh, other bet that you had, or did you have anything else? No, so I cheated and I threw in three already, and I only had three, but I threw in Blaney to win the poll at twelve to one. But 
I caught this from Ryan and iFantasy Race. Big shout out. Obviously, we've talked about him a lot. That guy does incredible stuff. Um, but he put out the the comp tracks. I've been referencing it all night. Brad Keselowski, overall speed ranking. Richmond. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is late in a green flag run. Late in a green flag run. I understand that there was some pitch strategy, and he was on the right side of it. But he was in the top 10. I remember because I faded him because he had been running so poorly. But him and Chris Buescher have had some good races on the short, flat tracks, not the height, not the long tracks with the, the high horsepower, and you need some you need some oomph under the hood. But number one ranking at Richmond in the spring for drivers late in a green flag run, Brad Keselowski, numero uno. So I'm I'm going to throw a little bit of coin. It's going to be five or ten bucks on Brad Keselowski top forward at 20 to one. Wow. Now, Interesting. Yeah, so I have been fading Brad Keselowski all year, right? like religiously, and it has cashed more often than it has. But when I saw that stat late in a green flag run, if we do get and I'm not risking any amount of significant money that's going to affect my profits on the day. You know, strictly just a fun bet. I saw the value. I see the odds pretty long. Um, Brad K, top four, 20 to one, just caught my eye. You never know what'll happen. Hey, that, I mean, they have to figure it out eventually, right? The, the, the fact that they're so far behind is just like shocking to me. I think actually that's like subtly like the story of the year. Um, just how poorly they have run and I, you know, late in the year, second time through, maybe that's a team that can figure it out. So uh, he would have to beat some, some pretty good forwards to get it done. I would imagine Blaney and, and Logano are going to have something to say about it. Harvick. Like I called him Adam, obviously uh, a fan of his this week, but it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I like the late in the green flag or late green flag run stat. So uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't be shocked if that's what went down. So yeah, good right. stuff. I'm going to put you on the spot here for a second. Cause sure. I was just scrolling through DraftKings weekly specials and they got some pretty good ones. Uh, but two of them that I want, I want to kind of bounce off of you. And this is me in fantasy land burning money once again, but it is so possible. Michael McDowell and Brad Keselowski to both finish top 10 is 40 to one. Now we've seen this year that McDowell, can finish in the top 10 and honestly more times than Brad Keselowski has. But I thought that that was a gigantic number for, you know, if this is a crazy race, unlike what we had in the spring, I mean, 40 to one's a big number. So when I see stuff like that, I usually like 40 to one. Yes, that's pretty big. So when I get like a, a, a free bet or something, um, or if you need to like place a certain bet, like MGM does a thing where, you know, uh, if you place a, a bet for X amount, then you'll win a, a free bet, uh, at a higher amount. So that's how I'll play something like that. Um, I do not think that's going to hit because, because, uh, McDowell on these tracks specifically, I know he's had a decent season, but he has not been great on these comp tracks whatsoever, like really has been a non-factor. So um, I don't think that'll hit, but I am totally someone who cruises through looking MGM actually does a really good job. I don't know if you use MGM, but they've got tons of stuff like that, where it's actually like plus 10,000. Like this guy's the top four, this guy's the top Chevy. 
um, all like parlayed together and it's just a ridiculous outcome. So I, I tend to be someone who does throw like a tiny bit of money down on stuff like that. Uh, but you know, that one, that one might be a little bit too, uh, too rich for my blood. Fair, fair enough. I got another idea for you. So we've talked in the past, we did a podcast on like different types of bets um, that each books can do to make this entertaining, a little off the wall stuff. And the bottom weekly special, the very last one is will the 16th winner of the season be crowned this week? And the, the only answer or the only option is yes at plus 170. I personally think that that number is too low. Um, but I would, I would love if I could see like a minus 220, minus 230 of no. Because in my mind, you're basically betting against Blaney and Truex to win the race. Yes. And it, so you're, take, you're telling me I can take 34 other guys <laughs> – at minus 220 to win the race. I love those odds. Now, obviously, DraftKings is being smart. They're not putting a no option. But what do you think about those odds? Plus 170 to have the 16th different winner. I thought that was a little low. I, I talked about it earlier on uh, my finishing position area. I took it. Um, oh. I, I called it out. I took it just because of, like what you said, the the books getting creative, the books having fun with it, the fact that that bet's an option made me excited. So I wanted to give them some love so they can right. see that kind of in their, in their algorithm. Like, yeah, people are playing it. Um, I agree with you that, you know, you're essentially saying it's Blaney or, or Truex. Now there's a couple other guys that I think maybe, you know, if the race got squirrely um, are decent enough at this racetrack where like maybe their crew chiefs could put them in position. Somebody like Austin Dillon comes to mind. Um, but yeah. And, and Brad Kozlowski, like you said, he's got good track history here, but uh, for the most part, it's, it's true X or Blaney. Um, so yeah, for, for those guys, I don't know why it's plus plus one seventy. I would have liked to see maybe like plus 300, you know, kind of cut right. true X's odds right. in half um, because then you're getting, you know, Blaney uh, and, and the rest as a throw in. But uh, I, I took it because I think it's a fun bet. And uh, I honestly think that Truex is going to win. So, well, uh, I think cool. that I, I do love your mindset when you talk about taking a bet on no premise at all. But, you know, we want to we want to make these guys know that that we love these bets and it's fun to talk about and it's fun to to take them. And uh, we want more of it. So I respect the bet. I really do. Yeah. Uh, and and if they did a option, if they did have an option for no, then. I would wonder what the odds would be. I think it would actually be too astronomical um, to the be. point where it would be like minus 500 or something. And, and now you're really sweating that out when Truex is, you know, starting <laughs> third and he, he's, <laughs> he's pretty fast. So uh, it would, but it would be funny to, to, or fun to see, like put people in that position. You know what I mean? That would be a, a cool option to see. So um, I've got one more and then, then I'll let you go. Cause I already kept you way longer um, than you probably would have liked, but oh, this Fun, man. <laughs> so uh, on another sports book, not DraftKings, but um, this is uh, Willow Creek. I, I think it actually goes by Bet Fred. Uh, it's only available in a few different states, but in PA, it's on the Willow Creek app. Um, getting into this, this bet might actually have me sign up for this app and, and place it. I like Chase Briscoe minus 120 over Eric Amarola this week. 
Um, and, and the other one that I was looking at was Austin Cindric versus Austin Dillon, the battle of the Austins. I would lean Dillon in that matchup because of his history at Richmond. Um, but any, any thoughts to that? I mean, Briscoe is just been much better at these type of tracks than Amarola um, across the board. Like whatever stat you want to look at, he's been better there. Now, Amarola in the last 10 races sneaks into the top 10 for driver rating, um, but it's it's 82.4. So it's not like, you know, you're writing home about it. Um, so Briscoe over Amarola, Dylan over Cindric. Any uh, any quick thoughts on those guys? Off the beaten trail type guys. You're muted at the moment, Mark. Oh, boy. Here we go. um no i think i I like the briscoe versus almarola um i think that's intriguing i I would throw almarola in the short flat track guy because of what he did at new hampshire last year um obviously has not performed well at the comp tracks this year and briscoe went out and won phoenix um and led a bunch of laps at the end under green if i remember correctly it wasn't like a fluke yeah he dominated crazy right yeah he led a bunch of laps in that race so um, like you mentioned, Briscoe is, you know, some of these rookies, I would throw Cendric in there as well. They've, they've not at Michigan. Cendric took a, a real hard hit there, but, uh, I think these guys are getting their feet wet. They're getting their feet underneath them. Um, I think they're getting comfortable in the car and their talent and, and Briscoe and Cendric are really coming out, but, um, I'm not going to take Cendric over Dylan, but, but Briscoe out over Almarola, did you say it was like minus 120, minus 110? Yeah. Minus 120, uh, in favor of Briscoe. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, you can't, you cannot look away at what he did at Phoenix, um, and, and, and bet Almarola there, but yeah, I like Briscoe. I, I, I might tell you on that one. Cool. Sounds good. Well, um, we will start to wind things down here, Mark. I really appreciate you joining me. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned it, the, the sports book special episode that we had, uh, put out a few weeks ago, you were a big part of that as well. Um, so anyone who hasn't listened to that, it, it's uh, it's got a lot more shelf life than uh, the normal episodes. You can go back and listen to that. We're not talking about a specific race. We're talking about the sports books in general and things that we'd like to see down the road. Um, so he, if you like what you're hearing from Mark, um, he was a big part of that episode as well. So um, thank you so much for joining me this week, man, on a whim kind of. And, uh, you know, the face off was fun. All your insights into to everything. Um really well done. So where can people find you and, and tell your bets and support you every week? Yeah. Twitter, Twitter is the best place. Um, I actually just put out an announcement last week that <clears throat> um, we used to be behind a paywall and we're going to throw everything out for free. Um, you know, I talked with Skybox and, and all the people over there and um, ultimately decided that we're going to, we're going to keep the Skybox name um and and get from behind the paywall and throw everything on twitter it's just a way for me to grow um get my name out there you know uh, you know allow the five dollar better that doesn't want to pay for a package to to tail the picks i think it's a lot more fun to have all the interaction um but yeah the best best place to support me is twitter um i I like to tweet about some dumb shit sometimes and you know football season's coming up so i'll be tweeting about the jags and and uh maybe florida state some old miss action um but yeah, oh, I really appreciate you it. having me on. That's uh, another podcast, man. I, I could talk college football all day. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm, well, I'm we might up. have to, we might have to have a little <laughs> um, a little off beaten path college football deal. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I, I really appreciate it. I'm, I got a little, little bit of news coming out. Um, Phil, you already know, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put a free ad on your, uh, on your podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, got some news coming out in the next couple of weeks and, uh, you'll be seeing a lot more of me on some different platforms. So Phil, I appreciate you having me on. It's always fun. Um, I'm, I'm game any week that you want to hear me ramble about NASCAR. Well, I appreciate it. And I think, you know, people should be excited about the news that's going to be dropping. If they're fans of you, um, they will be uh, waiting for that. So, um, you know, looking forward to that for sure. So um, thank you so much, man. Good conversation as always. Um, every time we're able to connect, it's a good time. So I uh, appreciate you jumping on. Yes, sir. As always, appreciate it. So that's going to do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again to our guest this week, Mark at Skybox NASCAR, for jumping in and doing a little face off with me here. Keep your eyes peeled on Instagram and Twitter at Full Tank Phil for the breakdown of that face off. And uh, we will catch you next week with a brand new guest on for Watkins Glen. So remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time. Hell no place to go. Hell no place to go. Hell no place to go. Hell no place to go.